deep shot. He's and Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. We are coming at you with some Friday night banter. Uh, weren't weren't available for for the our usual Monday evening live show on Bucks Report. So we're happy to catch up on some items tonight. Uh, it's a two-man show. I am your host, as always, Colin Hallboom, and I'm joined by my co-host, Captain Ron Scott Capron. What is up, my friend? Oh, bud. Uh, just a few things to talk about over the past week in the NFL, I would say. And it's a, and it's a holiday. It's a long weekend up here, up in Canada. So we're vibing. Let's get into it. Yeah, man. I'm feeling a little emotional. I actually just watched this special called uh, Northern Ties with the, f- through TSN. It's on uh, because for the first time in a long time, Canada has some legitimate like skill position players. So it's a documentary on Chase Claypool, oh, Chuba Hubbard, and Javon Holland. Um, it's really How cool. Was it? It was, just it's great. Previews. It looks really good. They all seem like kind of interesting, different dudes too. I don't. I don't know much about them, but yeah, like, good personal. dudes. Yeah. All with really cool stories. I didn't know a ton about Javon Holland's upbringing, so that was cool to hear about. His his old man was a real player. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, so that was pretty cool. But we don't have too long tonight, so we might as well get into it. I don't want to uh, I don't want to bore away our American friends with our Canadian patriotism. Um, and imagine, also, if they, imagine if just Americans were just like, yeah, man, we got another American in the league and just like super pre- – well, a little bit different, a little bit different. But, uh, hey, it's big. It's big for us, okay? Yeah, we're out here bragging. They're skill position players too. Yeah, yeah. Be like in the NHL if a Canadian got drafted. Did you see the did you see the guy from Toronto got drafted to the NHL? Wow. Rarely rarely seen, rarely seen. But Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're pathetic. <laughs> um, coming off the top, though. We have some breaking news. Russell Wilson is going to be out six to eight weeks. So a huge hit to the Seahawks, um, obviously, especially did coming you, off that tough division loss at home last night. I did mean, you see it? Were you watching? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it what? I thought for sure. Yeah. And they, hey, Fox, can we just show it the one time? I, ju- I don't understand who is in the truck saying, yeah, yeah. One more. Wait, did he get the angle from the left this time of the screwed up knuckle? I, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Anyways, when they showed it after the initial thing, I thought for sure he hit Donald's helmet just because that happens all the time. It was really just kind of his shoulder pad yeah, or something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Just, there's so much torque coming. It, it just kind of clipped oh. the end and it just, boom. Yeah. I could totally see how it could happen. I just, I've only ever seen those, those fingers or like even a wrist. And when you hit someone, uh, quarterback follows through and hits the helmet, but that was that was bad right away, man. Like bad right away. You see him; he's on the sideline. He's he's just gripping a tennis ball just to see if that. I don't know if that's to try to get it back into into place or whatever. I was, you know, I figured, all right, yeah, he's not going back in the game. Not that I'm a I know anything about the human body. It's actually alarming how little I know, to be completely honest. But six to eight weeks, I thought that was I thought that was shocking. Especially when the opposing quarterback's just popping his back in and going out there and playing. But that just shows you, like, fingers are weird, man. Like, obviously, it depends on the type of break. I Russell Wilson's so. not a softy. Yeah, um, this is a sprained tendon or something, I guess. But, um, yeah, yeah, wild. Yeah. And, and like it, you said, hitting the shoulder pad, you're right. Like, you expect the helmet to do it. But yeah. I almost wonder if uh, 
the fact Aaron Donald was wearing shoulder pads actually saved uh, Russell Wilson from the injury being worse. Probably cushioned the blow a bit as opposed to uh, just hitting a complete block of granite, which is what he would have hit had he just hit Donald. But um, exactly yeah, brutal. And uh, so they're they're gonna. Although, as I say that, I was just about to say we can write Seattle off almost. Geno Smith was frisky. He, he was. that was like exhilarating watching that touchdown drive last night. That was so fun to watch, and I couldn't help but think of um, you know coaches are always next man up, next man up. You always be ready to play. It's like that's such. That's such bullshit. Like, yeah, you have to say that, obviously, but to actually mentally do it, like to get to that spot and then go out there, it's like, oh, yeah, the only way I play is if our star player gets hurt and can't go back in the game. It's like, yeah, right, like I'm going to be locked in. He looked ready to go. He was so smooth, super comfortable running the offense, scrambling a couple times for a first down. That was so fun to watch. Super impressive. Like yeah. four year four years removed from his last like meaningful snaps in a game. Unbelievable. Yeah. It, I mean, we were texting obviously when that happened, and you just said like that was incredible. Four other group chats I'm in. People like genuinely happy for Geno Smith. Like it, it was just like this weird renaissance where like you could tell no one would have cared even if Seattle won the game. They were just happy to see what see what he did out there. It was just kind of an interesting third or fourth quarter i suppose yeah well he's an underdog backup quarterbacks are underdogs we like that it's true it's true but um forgive me if i butcher your last name christian but christian Akpuzor, uh coming in on facebook probably butchered it my bad i'm sure there's something some silent letters in there says that's mm-hmm. crazy who y'all think they'll sign um cam uh, is ready i don't see it i think they're gonna just like Russ will be back. You know, if they say six to eight weeks, I could see Russ being back in four to five. Um, and then by the time they, they sign someone and try and get them familiar with the offense, I have a lot of trouble believing that player is going to provide them a better chance of winning than Geno Smith, who's been in the system, mm-hmm. no, clearly knows it well, like we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's, it's an interesting suggestion, Christian, um, but I don't I, see it. I don't see it happening. I do think, and, you know, you, you, can, you don't want to – overreact too much to one performance but i think um just the way gino looked last night would have given some comfort to the organization to say all right well you know maybe he can he can go out there and just stem the tide we can go 500 and then try to get hot at the end of the season um just from just from what he did last night but you know if he was a disaster and looked totally uncomfortable like he understandably hasn't played in an nfl game in however long maybe cam is on on the next playing to seattle today right like that's that would have been super feasible but i don't see it i i would have sooner you're right cam you're right geno smith performing that way the geno smith game um probably <laughs> had a big effect grandkids on, about? well no but it, but in terms <laughs> of seattle it, it probably made them think he can hold the fort down like a guy i could see them more realistically trying to acquire would be someone like nick Foles, who's third string in chicago yeah, uh, proven proven resume, smart guy could pick up the offense pretty quickly, and at least has yeah. uh, more of an arm, more of a reliable arm than Cam Newton because you want to get the, you know the Seahawks want to get the ball out to those guys. So, just my thought. Um, Christian comes back, Bucks fan in Dallas, Texas, so I'm good. Right <laughs> on, man. We we love we love that Bucks fans are all over the globe. We are Canadians, Christian. So uh, exactly. happy to have you joining us for the first time, my guy. Thanks for chiming in as well. We'll be here for the next 50 minutes or so. 
Christian, that must have been a fun uh, week one for you uh, with your team beating uh, your home city's team uh, on the Thursday nighter there. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Some bragging rights in the office or, yeah. or wherever you work. Or wherever. If you work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, interesting. Uh, big win for the Rams. They obviously look like they can get uh, acquire victories against quality opponents in different ways. Um, I don't um, know if you have any other thoughts on that game before we get yeah, into catching up on some. I have a lot of thoughts, actually, because I think it, it really crystallized. I mean, let's at least by definition or, or perception, those two teams were Super Bowl contenders going in into the season, or at least um, threats, maybe not top of the line with Seattle, but I think everyone kind of had them penciled in as a playoff team. But um, Pete Carroll can't coach. Pete Carroll can't coach. He's He's under a rock, and I feel like he's still – riding off the coattails of the time that he jumped into the into a play during a USC practice and like Snoop was there and everyone thought it was really cool because he was super energetic. And also the fact that he won a Super Bowl with one of the best defenses ever, de- defenses ever, plus Russell Wilson at quarterback. You know, when Russ when Wilson um left the game, I think he had 15 pass attempts last night. They're just it's just such an archaic uh prehistoric offense. It's hard to watch they don't let him do anything until they're losing. And it's just so funny to contrast it with the other side of the ball, who are, you know, the the coach in the same division that's half of his age. Now, I thought McVeigh and the Rams were awful in the first half, super conservative. Um, you know, I saw a tweet, I think it was Warren Sharp saying they may as well just punt on third down because that's what they're doing. And then in, in the second half, they basically abandoned the run. They they let Stafford fling it. I don't know, Woods and, and Cooper Cup had a combined like 20 catches for 240 yards or something like that. And that's what you do. Put the put the ball in your best player's hands, and then that opens up the run. They got a, they broke off a couple big runs to to uh to run their lead up in the at the end of the third quarter there. It's just oh, these coaches are so scared. They're so scared. It's unbelievable to watch. Even these, even these guys that are perceived as good coaches. And uh that was such an illuminating seen last night because i don't know how anyone could perceive it any other way who watched the game it's funny because in real life a reputation takes years and years to create but only a moment to lose uh, or ruin Uh, but in the coaching world you're right there's so many coaches who seem to have credibility that just can't be damaged for their on the field decisions and and it's more about their name Um, yeah that's exactly what has to happen for it to be determine that Pete Carroll is not a good coach. Like, I'm, I'm not even, this isn't rhetorical. Like, literally, what needs to happen for people to flip and realize that he's just not? Yeah, I'm sure he's a good guy, and people want to play for him. And, and you know, there's a definite advantage to that. But what are we, like, look at their offense. It's just, it's like malpractice what they're doing with Russell Wilson. It's so bad. It's so bad. And then they're putting him in third and and seven every single time, and he has to just run around and make a play, which opens him up to getting hurt. This is separate, obviously. That was just a routine follow-through on a throw. I'm not trying to blame him for that, this most recent injury, but it could happen. It could happen. Like, he's running for his life out there. For sure. Um, looks like we have a couple people in the chat who want to talk some Bucks. I think we should catch up. Yeah. We have not – Bucks banter has not addressed uh, exactly. the ugly win over the Patriots in Tom Brady's return to Foxborough last Sunday night. A um, couple observations from my end. I mean, 
Um, the weather was proved to be much more of a factor than anticipated for one, especially for Brady. Like he was missing oh, yeah. throws. You just, he was missing throws. You just don't see him miss. Um, high. So he, he he was a foot high on so many outs to Brown and just a couple ones over the middle. Just you know, wet ball. I get it, but yeah, it, it was it was almost it was weird to watch. For sure. And like he's he's so good. He still managed to play just fine. But I'm really oh, looking yeah. forward to seeing him get into some nice Tampa weather this weekend versus the Dolphins. Um, it has gotten to a point. So the the Bucks gave up negative one rushing yards. So they gained a yard, their defense, in terms of their rushing against statistics. Obviously, it's a product primarily of teams um, – trying to take advantage of where the bucks are susceptible, which, which are those short breaking routes. Right. Um, and, and teams are throwing at an unprecedented rate, which is also just kind of making the numbers for the Buccaneers passing defense look that much more atrocious, uh, but it's real. That's the best way to try to beat them. So Belichick's a smart guy. He's a run. Like he runs the ball a lot. He likes his backs as we all know. Um, but they barely ran the ball. But regardless, the Bucks' run D does still look fantastic. They're incredibly accomplished, and that was clear, especially in a game like that with the weather. Lots of factors at play, but it doesn't matter if you are if you give up minus one rushing yard. That's an impressive, an impressive caveat um, on what was otherwise an ugly victory. Yeah, you know, yeah. other other thing. Richard Sherman played every defensive snap but one, and heading into the game, he was signed a few days before. Come, he hasn't played in a long time, coming off major injury. So, of course, Mac Jones and Belichick and those guys, uh, McDaniels, they, they were targeting Sherman. So maybe it looked a little like, oh, oh, his guy's catching the ball. I am blown away impressed with how Richard Sherman managed to hang in there and play fine. He played really well. I'm, I'm excited to see him get some more time under his belt. Um, just to be able to do that in, it, in itself at, at the NFL level, I thought was incredible. Yeah, I you know, they definitely picked on him a bit and like you said, New England was throwing the ball on almost every down. I think I think Mac Jones had 21 straight completions, but they were all it was all short stuff. Um not to take away from it, but to, you know, add to the that cliche it was effectively just a run play, a lot of a lot of what they were doing like with their passing game, right? Just getting the ball out and quickly cuz he wasn't throwing down the field at all. I think the one time he threw over 15 yards as a depth of target was was picked. So like it was a yeah, real, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I think yeah. it was even 10 yards or something. Yeah. So like you know, statistics. You got to take everything with a grain of salt. To say that their pass, um, like their secondary, got torn up is a little bit misleading. I would say given what New England was trying to do, um, but they still did it, and it's still impressive to complete that many. Uh, passes in a row against anyone but you know at the same time they they only scored 17 points right so you know i don't know like i, I was with you on sherman i thought you know they, they definitely went after him all in all i thought he was okay uh good sign and then he he'll obviously has the 10 days to kind of get used to everything um go back to or go maybe not even go back to tampa maybe go to tampa for the first time after the uh after the new england game or sorry not 10 days they played on sunday um feels like i don't know how long ago um yeah, but yeah. just to get used to it and uh, hopefully feel more comfortable um in this week's game against miami um a few other thoughts uh just on the game as a fan so i don't know about i, I just this is more of a game situation thing i wanted i wanted to uh, talk about this with you and see what you were thinking so it's fourth i think it's 
what whatever it was what a 53 yard field goal that folk tried right it's in the rain okay so it's fourth and three at the 36 or 35 it's fit there's 56 or 57 seconds left if you make that which brady's brady's getting the ball with almost a minute all the time in the world it's just it's like i don't know why it's it's not ever just outlined like it's just not that hard to get into field goal range at the end of the yeah. game. It's just not that hard, like unless yeah, you turn the ball over. You know what it is, Scott? It's funny because thinking, like obviously, I was I, I was happy to see them trying to attempt the kick. You should always do what the other team doesn't want you to do. And, yeah. And the Bucks were happy to see them line up for a field goal in those horrible conditions from that far away with that much time left on the clock. Yeah. So, Bill, Bill deserves all the credit in the world for his accomplishments, but like you said, man, he's still an employed coach right now, and he still needs to make decisions that are best for his football team. I mean, yeah. Folk almost made it, um, but again, the game wouldn't have been over. Not even close. Well, they had all the timeouts in 55 seconds, and like, I don't. I just, to me, it, you're free rolling there if you're the Bucks. Like, okay, he misses it. We literally win the game. He makes it. We have 55 seconds to get what about? 40 yards to have a realistic shot to win it. Like I I just, I don't know. I was perplexed by the decision. Maybe if he didn't have a rookie quarterback, um, then he would have went for it on fourth and three there. But I thought, I don't know. I just thought it was incorrect, like straight up the wrong thing to do. And now I, now I want to flip the script and I want to get your opinion. So um, I found, and I, you know, I find, Obviously, you know, like you with Michigan basketball, like you can acknowledge your own. You can still be pissed off at a call and know you're being a little bit biased. Right. Like, I feel like we do a pretty good job of being aware of our bias and trying to be objective. Yeah. yeah. I found uh, the officiating some of those calls to be horrendous um, and in the Patriots favor to help them march the ball down. That P.I. was a terrible call. That was, Jordan Whitehead. That was atrocious at that, that point. Was in the game. That was ridiculous. So that I was fuming. Like I, I did yeah. not think the Bucks were going to win the game at that point. To be honest yeah. with you, I was prepared for us to to be two and two heading into this Week Five matchup with the Dolphins. Um, but and to be fully transparent, I was as big a Bucks fan as anyone. I had a lot of money on Tampa on the money line to uh, to come in there. So yes, I was also quite furious at that call. And sorry, passing it's it's too much. Just just chuck it down the field on every down. I'm not even kidding. What it's the it's your best offense. Underthrow it. Have the receiver come back to it. The receiver and the defensive back has to tackle you. Like it's one of the few things that college does right in general. The NCAA is that pass interference is only 15 yards. You you have to ch- we have to change that. It's just it's hard, it's, it's hard enough to be, and it's hard enough to be a DB as it is. It's probably the hardest yeah. position on the field outside of the thinking element of being a quarterback. I mean, yeah. there. What what more to how how can you be a good defensive back? Like, is Jalen Ramsey the greatest athlete in the history of the world? Like, Possibly. like how can these how can these guys? And he just grabbed DK Metcalf's shoulder and turned him around on like a normal in like a, a square in yesterday because he had to like. And then you know, obviously, then he said he didn't do it. And they showed the re- review and he's or the replay. And he's literally grabbed his shoulder pad, but it's so impossible. And that's just just throw the ball up there. Honestly, like I'm not kidding. Just do it all the time. And uh, it just kills you. It, it's an, it, a 48 yard penalty sometimes or whatever it can. It's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so does not need to happen. And it, I don't know, I, but sorry, we're talking about that drive. Yeah. That pass interference was, was brutal. Um, I'm trying to think, um, 
yeah, anyway, that hey, they got away. They got away with yeah. it, it was ugly. They got away, uh, not without a couple battle wounds, though. Q- CB1, our most important player in the secondary, um, Carlton Davis, down with what, what is uh, appears to be a pretty serious quad injury. Um, he's out indefinitely. Obviously, Sean Murphy Bunting is also out for a lot for the foreseeable future. Uh, so that hurts. That hurts. There were a lot of people on my timeline, myself in- included. I was a little frustrated to see Carlton Davis on punt coverage. Uh, sorry, punt return coverage um, where that injury took place. I know it's a freak thing and um, whatever. And I think they were expecting a fake punt. So that's why he was out there, right? Mm-hmm. The, like if they're expecting them to throw the ball, they just decide to leave him on the field. I'm not even in hindsight that critical of that decision. Like, um, But anyway, really unfortunate with all of the woes going on on the back end of the Buccaneers defense for them to lose their most reliable player who's been having a fantastic season, coming off a fantastic season last year. Uh, Carlton Davis is going to get paid like a top 10 corner, Mm. potentially like a top five corner the way the contracts work each each year. You know, they begin to reset the market. So um, we'll see if if he ends up with the Bucs. I just want him to get healthy as soon as possible. I'm going to talk. I mean, if there's Jamel Dean, by the way, is coming back. Um, he's coming back this week. So that's good news. At least Jamel Dean will be back in the mix. And Pierre Desir, Richard Sherman, those guys are going to be more familiar with the defense this week. And I expect them to look sharper against uh, an inadequate passing offense uh, led by Jacoby Brissett by the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So it's a great, great opportunity for those guys to get their uh, get their noses wet or whatever that's saying is and uh <laughs> i don't know if that that's works it. uh we know we know where you're going we know where you're going Do- with it. dogs have wet noses and they're yeah they do. Their dogs whatever sure yeah yeah a uh, couple eugene thomas says he's loving the banter expects the officiating to get worse uh <laughs> there is no accountability thanks for for jumping in um buck what you heard baby and uh carl T- christian comes back on Facebook to say Carlton on punt was stupid. Like, dude, really? That's the high risk play. A lot of Bucks fans share in your frustration with that, Christian. Like I said, I expect it was because they were expecting a fake punt. Um, but I haven't, I haven't, I, I've had a busy week. I wasn't even able to listen all the or watch all the press conferences like I usually do. So I haven't actually heard BA address that specifically. Um, regardless, though, let's move, let's move onward. Let's discuss this matchup with the Dolphins. Miami's one and three. They had yeah. a tough schedule to start the season. They've lost three in a row to the Bills, Raiders, and Colts. Um, they needed that one last week. Yeah, in a big way. Yeah, and you know they, they look and, tough, man. Like and Brissett looked Waddle. awful. Yeah. So I I had Waddle. I had Waddle over like, I think it was like under fifty yards. It was like forty five yards receiving, um, and he had thir- three receptions for thirty three yards by the start of the second quarter. So I was counting my money. Um, and then sure enough, like Brissett, I tune in for a little bit just to be like, how has he not got it yet? Like what's going on here? <laughs> Give him and the I ball. Did, oh my God. I watched Brissett airmail two like little like swing passes to Waddle. And I was just like, okay, That's Brissett, you're not, I remember him being a little more competent than what I saw last week. Um, on, you know, so two is still injured with his cracked ribs. Two has looked awful too. Miami is not in the place where I think their fans expected them to be. Their defense has not been as strong as a lot of people expected, especially with how talented their DBs are. I mean, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones looks like are both going to play. Byron Jones has been banged up, but it sounds like he's going to play. But their offense Um, isn't helping them at all either, right? Like they're not getting out to leads. They're like, 
yeah, I'm not the the defense has been underwhelming and, and all that, but like holy, I, they're just they're just one of those teams that's had basically the nightmare start. Nightmare start. Yeah. And now you now your reward is going to play at Tampa. Like whew, this is, and this if, is a tough scene for the Dolphins, man. If only they'd been listening to our podcast, they'd have known that we were uh, extremely pessimistic regarding the two offensive coordinator approach, and clearly it's not working. They're 30th in the NFL in passing yards per game and 28th in rushing yards per game. So, you know, like thought, you said earlier. I'm, I'm curious if they thought about throwing two quarterbacks out there at the same time, just some sort of uh, solidarity with the, solidarity with the cor- coordinators. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Uh, I, I can't imagine they can keep going on with this whole scenario for very much longer. Um, I don't know. I, let, let's get into the game. Let's see what you think about it, but – yeah, I think Tampa's going to absolutely roll them. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, uh, I mentioned Jamel Dean coming back to help our secondary. JPP is also going to be back. You know you can't keep JPP on the sidelines for long. It's been a little bit mysterious with that injury, with that injured shoulder. But uh, he's been back at practice in a limited role, but he's going to be ready to rock. I mean, I'm happy to give him some snaps. But if he's at all banged up still, like let's let – JTS try on Choyanka role, man. Like he looked oh. awesome last weekend. Hey, eh? do you know did he pop on tape to you or what? Oh. Those two sacks? Yeah. I mean, just look at the guy. He is an absolute mutant out there. Freak. Um, you have Vita Vea gloveless in the rain, just wrecking an entire offensive line. And yeah, no shade to JTS, but he's just coming in and cleaning up the mess, right? But he's yeah, finishing yeah. sacks. He's like yeah. There is no getting away from that guy with his reach, his speed. Like he is going to finish that play and make that play. I mean, he's awesome. He's he's yeah. so fun to watch. And but not to be all football nerd. Like I wanted to talk about this during the Pats thing. Is like that is incredible. That value that he has to just eat linemen and then let someone else come and get the court, uh, come and get the quarterback. Like it it. It takes pressure off your DBs, right? Because they have one less second to have to cover for, one less second for a route to develop. All of that. It's just, uh, it's fun to watch. I, I don't know. With the way Brissett has been looking, just not that he was ever super mobile or anything like that, but well, oh, it might be a a long day for the Dolphins, man. Yeah, and that offensive line, man. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I love, I love hearing you uh, give us some objective respect for Vita Vea. I feel like the mainstream media is also finally giving him his due. I mean, he missed most of last season, but uh, Bucks fans know how dominant he's been, like low-key, um, since he entered the league, and it's really nice to see it on display. We're getting all these primetime games, right? That helps with the exposure. He's, he's Right now, he's the best uh, true nose tackle in, in football. So, yeah. um, you know, that's well, almost – under- Yeah. He's so um, bad. Gio Bernard is also going to be back. So, Jamel Dean, JPP, and Gio <laughs> Bernard coming off the injured reserve – um, I hope they're not risking themselves, but again, we got a cushy schedule. Um, and so I just want to mention that quickly before we move on to our best bets and then some other things we have on our minds. Um, so in terms of looking ahead, uh, the Buccaneers, so like they've obviously as a team, in my opinion, had an underwhelming or like at least not super dominant performance overall throughout the first four weeks of the season. There's only one team in the league with a better record. Okay, yeah. so that being said, one team in the league has a better record, the Arizona Cardinals. So I want the next eight games for the Bucks 
are extremely winnable, to put it lightly. And I want to reel them off in case anyone hasn't been as greedy as me and looked ahead this far. So we got the Dolphins. Yeah, we got the Dolphins this week. Then we got the Eagles. Then we got the Bears. Then we got the Saints. Then we got a bye in week nine. Then we got Washington football team. Then we got the New York Giants in that NFC East crossover um, continued. Then we got the Colts. Then we got the Falcons. Wow. Yeah, like uh-huh. like some okay teams who could who could put up a fight, but I'm feeling really good being three and one with how we've played uh, going into this nope. stretch of games. Zero zero playoff teams, right? Unless the Saints maybe march Saints. in. Oh, and this year, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I think meant, yeah, like I guess zero teams that you would feel comfortable. Yeah, I guess the Colts. That division is a dumpster fire. They might just kind of emerge. But I would I would agree, Cap. Probably zero. Probably uh, zero. Washington, Washington, I guess, would be the best bet. I think. Uh, I like Washington. I like Washington, I, and they played them. They played them great last year in that uh, playoff game. Not going to be easy, but it's not a, a juggernaut game. You're not, you know, it's not at Green Bay or something like that. Um, no. Wow. You, like you'd really be hoping for a seven and one stretch there. And then, you know, you're 10 and two and feeling pretty good. That's I mean, anything can happen obviously, but, and I know that's literally two months from now, the end of this stretch of games, but wow, that is uh, pretty promising for the bucks. For sure. Justin Larson uh, would love to see the tight end group step up wow. this week without Gronk. Glad okay. you brought that up, Justin. Glad really? you brought that up. Justin, where have you been all my life? Like, honestly, just coming in hot. We wanted to talk tight ends, and this is – all right, let's go, Call, Let's hear it. We always want to talk tight ends. It, it, it's not yes. even that I had something prepared. It's more that I just, like, appreciate that thought because I was expecting Cam Brate. I didn't I didn't pay attention to the weather going into last week. I had so much other buck stuff to consume. No one's really talking about the weather. It's Brady and Foxborough. Who cares what the goddamn weather is? Like, he's going to dominate. It was a huge factor. Um, and Cam Braid, I expected to fill in quite admirably, especially as a pass catcher. Brady has shown an affinity to like throwing the ball to Cam Braid. Yeah. He has great hands. He throws trophies to Cam Braid. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's one of that's one of my bets for this week. But the line isn't out for receiving yards. It was 32 and a half last week. Braid just missed it, but he dropped like three balls. Like it was really frustrating. Yeah. So um, Receiving-wise, Cam Brate's going to step up this week. I'm confident in that. I would love to see O.J. Howard get a couple balls his way. You know what, man? Yeah. How many, How long are we going to wait on O.J. Howard? Right? Uh, I hate to say it. Right? He, he's been in the, on the team for a while. I know he's been hurt. I know he's – hey, let's see. Maybe he'll step up. But I think uh, what it really um, accentuates to me is Gronk is just so good. Like, his hands are so good. He's such a big target. He has Brady's trust in the red zone. They struggled in the red zone. They left a ton of points on the board in the first half last week. Um, big time. Odell. And I like Cameron Bray, but he's clearly you know, a notch below a Gronk, which isn't a slight. Gronk is the best tight end of all time. But, you know, sure, you have all those other weapons, but I think every quarterback has a go-to in uh, you know in that red zone area, and they missed Gronk last week. So let's see. Let's, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the red zone this week. Maybe more Evans targets, um, maybe more screens for Fournette, something like that. Or Bray steps up and, and, and makes some plays. It'll be interesting to watch. For sure. And like you're right, man. Gronk is literally a better version of OJ Howard as a blocker and a better receiver than Cam Braid, all in better. one guy. Like, yeah. Like, 
you know, he's it's like having two guys on the field. So uh, we'll see if we get. Yeah, it's amazing. So, but I do expect Cam, Cam Break can catch though. He can catch. Last week wasn't a good chance for him. So I hope I think we will see that to answer your question, Justin Larson, or mention what you were talking about. Um, yeah, and um, Buck, what you heard says OJ will get his touches this season. I don't think he's 100. percent Definitely still working his way back. That's for sure. And I that's think. Fair. And I think he's got to work his way back in Brady's, you know, good graces in terms of get, gaining his trust. I don't know. This is a big opportunity for him in practice, right? Let's not forget that. Let's mm. see him catching some balls, being effective in practice against the scout team. And uh, uh, usually that'll translate to some more looks on game day. We'll see. So, yeah, I mean, that's where we're at with the Buccaneers um, coming off an ugly, but a win nonetheless in Foxborough. Uh, important for the team just, morale and for, and for Tom Brady to get that. What were you going to say? Just a, weird, just a weird game, weird situation. Sunday night, Brady, Belichick, back in New England. Just, to, I mean, they're the better team and, you know, they didn't look great. But to win the game and just be done with it, they must be so happy to just put that one in the rear of your mirror. Honestly, like, uh, uh, like Belichick's weird. Everything about what happened is weird. I, like, just they won. and. That's why I wasn't trying to draw too many conclusions from the game or how anyone looked. It was like, all right, just chalk it up and then, uh, like, literally on to the next one. For sure. Now, Cap, I had told you privately um, that we were going to do our jump right into our weekly best bets, but we're doing pretty good for time here. I'd like to finish with that and just talk about a couple around the league items first, if you're okay Please. with that. I, I think I could work it in. Yeah, I think I could do that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the Carolina Panthers, while the Buccaneers have their deple depleted se um, secondary, uh, the Panthers, after trading for for former top ten pick just last year by giving up a like a okay tight end, uh, acquired C.J. Henderson. And this week, uh, when 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 it was reported that Stephon Gilmore was going to be released, uh, however, there was you know that was a strategic move by the Pats. That was to say. You know, he's going to be out there. So if you want to get him, before, if you don't want him to be an unrestricted free agent and sign wherever he wants, you better give us something. Um, and Scott Fitterer, uh, who is a GM who I've been just applauding since the draft, new GM in Carolina, for the work he did uh, drafting, because they had one of my favorite drafts in the entire league, um, has been very aggressive. And he went and he got Stefan Gilmore. Um, and I think that's big for them with the J.C. Horn injury. Uh, sucks, sucks Gilmore's in the division. He's coming back from an injury too, and I, and I still just – you know, I'm not too worried about the Panthers at this point. But as we've talked about, you and I both, Scott, we're pretty big on Carolina uh, yeah. this year. We were we were big on them coming into this year. We suggested taking them at plus 550 to finish second in the NFC South, which is looking really nice right now. Mm -hmm. um, and we we you had also brought up, and I strongly agreed with the Matt Rule for Coach of the Year take, which which I also bet. So just for anyone who hasn't been following with the podcast, we were we were high on the Panthers coming into this year. Yeah. Their defense looks fantastic. Um, and, you know, bringing Gilmore in sure as hell isn't going to hurt. Yep. So I think I think it's a great job by Fitter. I think this GM is doing a hell of a job. He's a former Seattle guy, right? He helped build the Legion of Boom and all that there. So he's got a body of work to go with with these uh, this flurry of activity he, is, he has done. And I think he's doing a, a bang-up job there. Just a great pickup. Gilmore is still really, really good. Um you know, he's only going to help. But I mean, they could have used him this past week against Dallas, uh, <laughs> to be honest, because Dak was carving him up pretty good. But, um, yeah, Carolina in general, I think they're a solid team. I think they can have the potential to sneak into that uh, 
into that last wild card spot. I think nine or eight or ten, nine and eight or ten and seven is really in play. Um, this week, that loss to me was more about Dallas. I think Dallas is uh, like legitimately really good. Um, they are. So, you know, I know the the score was. <clears throat> excuse me. The score was a little bit closer than the actual game. Uh, you know, played out. I think it was thirty six twenty eight, but. I don't think anyone watching it would have thought it was an eight-point game. Um, but to me, that was more doubt. Dallas is good. You're going to really have to score a ton to beat them because they are absolutely rolling on offense right now. And, um, you know, they don't have Jason Garrett as the head coach. So huge help, although it is still McCarthy. But um, Yeah, but they got a great yeah. OC. Yeah, yeah. Lots of Kellen Moore. Lots of Kellen Moore head coaching buzz. Um, just where is he going to go? What uh, job is he going to pick, basically? Or will Jerry Jones just empty the freaking uh, or back up the Brinks truck to just say, hey, just stay here as the uh, offensive coordinator until this guy screws up and then we'll just hire you? I don't know. We'll see what goes on or promote you. And uh, the other big name um, that was released, speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, was Jalen Smith. Hmm. Um, and the Packers scooped him up. So I think that's a good move for them. Uh, it was a little surprising at first, them wanting to get off him. But I guess his play has been declining. They're so ha- happy with Micah Parsons. And yeah, uh, they have they didn't never picked up Vander Esch's fifth-year option on his rookie contract. So he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. So some big investments in that linebacker position being more or less given up on. Um, but, you know, you're right. I'm with you, Scott, in terms of Dallas being a legit team. The offense looks fantastic. Yeah, and uh yeah. He's really good. Dak has earned my respect in a way that I don't I can't recall a player me being so wrong about a guy as Dak. Like I just didn't think he was this good like in the NFL. So Yeah, I think he is. Sir, not to rub it, I'm not saying that I was. I I always thought he was he was good. Like people were like I are arguing whether or not Dak was good. Yeah, man, he's good. But now he's like top 5 type stuff, really. He's can make any single throw, total command of the offense. And, like, he has to be the quarterback and face of that absolute circus of a franchise. Like, that's not easy either, right? So, I, I don't know. They're, Dallas is doing a lot uh, to make me think about what's going to happen in the NFC come playoff time. Um, but, yeah, I was listening – sorry, just talking about the Jalen Smith thing. I was listening to a podcast with uh, a Dallas beat writer this week, and they just said organization absolutely loves them. Everyone would want their daughter to marry him, but they just – he just wasn't playing well enough. It was one of those, like they were literally hanging on just because he had been such a good teammate, such a hard worker, all that stuff, but he wasn't justifying being paid whatever he was uh, making. I think it was seven or eight million. So them's the breaks in the old NFL. They, they just cut you like that. So good to see that he landed in Green Bay at least. For sure. And um, Scott, I want to bring up a little something that I know. So, so for any, any new listeners, again, Scott, Scott, I got to give it to you, man. Like when we talk, when we did our AFC South preview, you, you demanded like a full, like three minutes to rant about urban Meyer and how you think it was going to be an absolute failure. Like, I swear to God, we got to pull up that clip for your sake and you got to post it on your Twitter and I'll post it because it's yeah. super, you, you literally called it to be something as ridiculous as this, just saying it won't work. Like you were very, you had great conviction when you said it. Uh, and we don't need to get into the details about Meyer putting his fingers where he shouldn't, skipping his team's flight home, coming off a brutal, a tough loss in a, in a game where they were starting to show some life. Um, after that Thursday nighter, he stayed versus the Bengals. He stayed in Ohio to see his grandkids. And then all these videos start coming out. So 
Um, I just wanted I wanted to open the floor to you, Mr. Capron, because I know you're not exactly uh, in the Urban Meyer fan club. Okay, so it's just like where to start, right? Uh, this was so obvious. He is such a dick. He is just such an absolute dick. Why he thought he would take uh, a team that lost what 15 straight games last year, and that would be his team that he would, uh, you know, his franchise that he would rebuild and mold under the Urban Meyer, you know, uh, old school college offense or whatever that's not working in the NFL. It's just unreal so from a football perspective i'm not surprised because i didn't think he could coach in the nfl i certainly didn't think he could handle i don't think i didn't think he could handle going eight and nine let alone two and 15 here so you know good luck with that he faked a heart attack in when he was at florida to get out of the year when they went 11 and one or 12 and one and i think won the sugar bowl so like is good that luck. a fact yeah yeah it's a fact everyone knows that yeah he faked a yeah, health concerns. He left. Oh, so they didn't win the national championship that year. Sorry, Urban. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? but he faked, yeah. he faked the heart attack like that. Yeah, he had a heart. Attack. It's like basically a known thing that he faked it just to get out of having a coach because they were eleven and one, or maybe maybe it was the one year they went nine and three, and he couldn't handle it like an absolute lunatic. And you know, he needed to take some time and spend some time with the family. So you know what he decided to do after leaving Florida. He takes the low-stress Ohio State job. You know what I mean? There, there's no expectations there. There's no reason where you could be a complete lunatic there coaching at one of the biggest brands in all of sports, and you're going to do that. Um, so, football. okay, so where am I here? So football-wise, ridiculous. The fact that he's an absolute prick, shocking. Like, the, the comments coming out of the Jags locker room could not be more on brand. And I'm sorry, listen – I've been right about four times in my entire life, but I'm going to take this one, all right? I'm taking this one as one of my biggest because, of course, they're not going to like him. He's coaching them like they're college kids. These are professionals. He doesn't He doesn't have this weird ability to hang over everyone. Oh, I have your scholarship for next year, or maybe, I, or maybe you don't have it, while he's making six or seven million at Ohio State. The NFL guys are making more than him. It just doesn't work. He's an asshole. All these stories are coming out where he just would like drive on the other side of the road and like at the Ohio State campus and expect people to move and not say anything. Or he golfs at Muirfield Village, which is Jack Nicholas's course, like where they have a PGA tour event, and he'll only wear gym shorts and like refuses to do anything because he's just so arrogant. He's such an asshole. Like, that's not going to fly, and it's not flying. They're terrible. They hate him. He's talking – he's talking – sorry, I'm, I'm not even – I'm like halfway done. He's talking about own your mistakes. His apology, apology if you want to call that, was ridiculous and, of course, doesn't own anything. Uh, we haven't even gotten to the fact that – okay, so sorry. So we get dragged onto the dance floor. Didn't look like you were dragged, man. Looked like you were sitting at a bar stool. Literally sitting. Okay, who is that chick that you're with, by the way, while you're visiting your grandkids at your own restaurant? Like, get the fuck out of my face. He's such a prick. He's such a prick. And I I just couldn't be happier that it's going this poorly. I, I it's so satisfying because it's he's like a documented asshole. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, we, we don't really know. It turns out no, he's just an asshole.
All right. What do you got? <laughs> do you feel do you feel better? I I'm so worked up right now just cuz like all this comes out and I I truly dislike the like I truly I don't know. Just thought, wow, that guy is a prick. He seems like a prick and then it comes out that he's a prick. You know what's so so this is the one thing that I would um one time I was like, man, Dwight Howard is such an asshole. I bet that guy and then I bet he's got a bunch of kids. And then you Google Dwight Howard and he had like six kids from five women. And there's this whole redemption story. And it was just like, okay, fine. The, the, the vibe that he's given off is actually true. Entitled, arrogant guys getting what's coming to them. I, I'll never not, you know, get this weird amount of satisfaction from it. Like it's so, it's so gratifying to see. Anyways, just I always hated Urban Meyer, all right? I just thought he was a prick. And then he goes to Ohio State, so, you know, he could be the next Mother Teresa, and I would still hate him in that case. But to know that he actually is one, all this stuff coming out, he's getting what's coming to him, faked a heart attack. Like, get out of my face, man. Honestly, okay. (sighs) All right, wow. I need a Gatorade here. Looks like we're out of time, folks. Uh, Oh, wow. That was an hour. No. (laughs) Uh, Come okay, on, that's well, no, that was a strong rant, Cap. That was a strong rant. Where do you, um, where do you think? I mean, you've got thoughts. I th- I think I was a little more um, I, like I don't want to say I was defending him. Like you, like you know, and I will give you that. Like I said off the t- off the top here when I introduced this this uh, piece of information, because you you were very passionately um, against Urban Meyer coming into the NFL. And you didn't think it would work out. And you said, I don't think he's going to last long at all. You may have even uh, said this season, like it's not going to last. So you called it with great conviction. So I, I, I applaud you for that. I applaud you for this rant. Um, I wasn't, I was a little, you know, I was kind of playing the like mediator, like, well, Cap, he's pretty, he's pretty accomplished coach. And you are a diehard Michigan fan. <laughs> like maybe some that could have something to do with it. So perhaps, I'm just, perhaps, yeah regardless regardless uh i definitely think he's a dick now so uh yeah yeah and he's got honest, two daughters i got two daughters like you know there's things there's extra reasons why i don't like it um tom, tim tebow was choking up today <laughs> explaining it he called he calls urban meyer's wife miss lucy or miss shelly miss shelly well miss miss shelly's like a mother to me and and i'm okay i, I talked to miss Tim- shelly I've, I've talked to coach i'm like shut oh, up God. tim tebow honestly Honestly, poke my goddamn eyeballs out or like cut my ears off as opposed to have to hear that. Tim Tebow, you're a 34-year-old man. You're calling your former coach from 15 years ago his wife, Miss Shelley. Like, oh my God, it's so cringy. Honestly, yeah. dude, the thing that offends me the least about what is the fact that he was with some chick. I don't even care. Like, yeah, obviously that's disgusting. You have a wife and you're always talking about your family and like you're constantly leaving jobs to spend more time with your family. He also left the Ohio State job to, you know, be an analyst for Fox. Oh, right, because that doesn't take up much time. Also, it's in Los Angeles. Yeah, that, that's a good time to spend with your family. Oh, he's such a dick. Um, but like, okay, yeah, he got caught with the with the girl. I don't understand. Like, you're Urban Meyer and you're in Ohio. What do you think? Like, what do you think people are doing with their phones constantly? Like, fuck. I got filmed going to the store today because I had like only one shoe on. Guess what? He's getting filmed no matter what he does, and he's at, at a, in a public place. Like, like 
like, oh my God, it's just so ridiculous. It's so bad. It's such a bad look. Okay, I'm cutting you off there. We got to move on from Urban Meyer, Scott. Okay. I, I think more for your like, you know, <laughs> health and safety. And yeah, let me get um, my heart medicine. And we're up against the time, so we'll need to be time efficient. Okay. Uh, couple, two more items I just wanted to mention. Um, you got to acknowledge the Cardinals are only undefeated team. Kyler's a current MVP front runner. So fun. Um, yeah, so fun. How do you not love watching Kyler Murray play, man? There's yeah, some so. great quarterbacks in the NFL right now, eh? Oh, like there are like, some teams different too. Like there, yeah, there's so many potential matchups we can get on a Sunday where it's like, okay, I want to watch those two guys play, right? Like, yeah, awesome. or even awesome. or even just one of them against a good defense. Like, there's yeah. just so many scenarios yeah. where these quarterbacks are worth tuning into and like you said they do it in so many different ways comparing a kyler's greatness to a justin herbert's greatness to a lamar jackson to yeah. a josh mahomes. allen yeah. to mahomes like there's something yeah. to brady they're all so different that's what makes yeah. that position so cool rogers and jack um, yeah it's awesome it's awesome it's great um and then also speaking of the quarterback position justin fields and trey lance have both assumed the starting quarterback duties for their respective teams same week week five they're going to come out um I don't think I'm not going to be like viewing them through like an hourglass, one eye on each guy because they're in completely different situations. I expect Trey Lance to be really effective and to be an upgrade from Garoppolo. Uh, maybe not this this week, but um, I think he's in a far better situation to succeed than Fields is with how, how the offense is being called. Um, I, I listened to some pretty interesting insight in terms of how Justin Fields was not set up to fail in his debut against the Lions in terms of, like, he'd never run an RPO offense successfully in college. It's just not who he is. Just because he's super fast and athletic doesn't mean he's a run-pass option guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they, sure. they ran it like they ran it like 27% of the snaps against uh, – sorry, before, not the Lions game. His first game, that was really, like, not a good performance. Um but then, then uh, Nagy gave up the play calling duties to their OC or whoever it is, and they they decreased that significantly last week versus the Lions. So I'm hoping the Bears um, will will continue to modify their plans to suit the player. Right? You like we were more or less alluding to the same concept in terms of stubborn coaches uh, not adapting. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah. But I, I'm not judging Justin Fields in a vacuum based on this year because I think. There's a lot of issues that need to be worked out from the top down with that franchise, which is the polar opposite of the situation that Trey Lance is in with the Niners. But yeah, yeah, okay. If Justin Fields gets a pass this year. That's fine with me. Whatever. But Nagy doesn't. If if nope. it looks anything similar to what that display was against the Browns, then I they could fire him. They could leave him at the fifty yard line, honestly, because that was unbearable and not even trying to win. So let's hope for the city of Chicago's sake, Justin Fields' sake, everyone, they actually run something to put him in a good spot to try to uh, to maximize him this week. Because if not, I don't care if they're playing the Lions. If they look like they did against the Browns, they're going to get beat. So, For sure. Uh, so, yeah, that was, was more or less a couple no, of things. No, they're playing the Raiders. Was... Sorry, they're playing the Raiders. Right. Sorry. Um, so we, we don't have long cap, but that's okay. Cause neither of us are like super heavy, um, in terms of our bets for this week, at least yet, I'm going to really try and focus. Like, like I had a really, really tough week three of the NFL season, um, betting wise last week was fine, but I haven't had like a really good week yet. So I'm not out here trying to like <laughs> tell people to follow me. I gotta, I gotta get back on the horse myself first. 
Yeah. Um, but that being said, I'm welcome to talk about it. And I, I still have some picks that I got my eye on. But my, I say that to say I'm going to really try and keep an eye on um, in-play player props. So I'm going to just have guys. I, I have their lines. And I'm going to see. Like, that, like, those are the bets I've been winning still when, it, when a guy, a proven performer is, you know, t- say the first four drives of the game is pretty quiet. Um, post post a screenshot this week, bud. As soon as, as soon as you fire one, tweet it out. As soon as you fire away. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I don't I don't want to advertise my bank account like like what my status is at. I I think we have the technology to, you know, like erase that out, maybe crop it. Uh right. Yeah. So we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. I think you can do it. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to see Uh, it. Like, I mean, we're we're talking during the games about your bets, but like let's I'd love to see who you're hitting on the in play because I'm not a big props guy. So if you're seeing value during the game on props and let's do it people want to see it so sounds good fair enough yeah um i was i was on robert woods over uh receptions and receiving yards last night actually oh beautiful that was easy yeah so that was nice his over under was 60 and a half um and that that was really just like a matter of like you know they're gonna get him involved because he's been so quiet to start the year Mm. um anyway that worked out what I like one 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 player prop I like is Damian Harris over 70 and a half rushing yards at the Houston Texans. It's minus 105. I know it's not a it's a pretty high number, but I I, I think he's been quiet the last two weeks. Patriots were playing two of the best run defenses in the NFL, and I think Belichick's going to want to reestablish the ground game against a poor run defense, which the Houston Texans are very poor at. Um, and I think the game script is just going to line up really nicely for, for them to be grounded and pounding the ball with, with Damian Harris. So that's what I got my eye on as well as the rushing attempts. The rushing attempts isn't juicy enough though. It's like minus 125. So, uh, we'll see if that moves before the game. Um, I'm going to quickly zip through mine and then I'm going to let you, you go. I'm also on Jamar chase over, over 61 and a half receiving yards. It's plus 100, uh, at the Packers. As long as the Bengals stay in there, even if they're trailing a little bit, I think that, presents a pretty appealing scenario for them to need to air it out a little bit more. And more importantly, Jair Alexander is out of this game. And as good as he is, and as good as I think the Packers are as a team, and they proved that last year and they're really coming on now, I think their cornerback depth is extremely underwhelming. Kevin Mm -hmm. King is the cornerback starting opposite Jair Alexander. Like, it's not a good situation to be in. So it's either him or Eric Stokes, the rookie out of Georgia. Uh, Jamar Chase has been the most productive wide receiver in the NFL against man coverage and the receivers they have there with T Higgins, assuming he's back and Tyler Boyd. Um, you can't really just bracket covered cover Jamar chase necessarily. So I think that number is a little bit low and I'm going to ride 61 and a half over for Jamar chase. I uh, love it. And they're actually at home, I think too. So just for whatever that, if that adds, gives you a little more value just cause they're at home, not playing on the road, but regardless. Um, yeah, that's great. Uh, I think I'm not, I'm, He's just been so good. He's he's just that dude, hey, right? like like you can tell right away, don't you think? Call like he just looks the part immediately. Him and Burrow. Yeah, I mean, yeah you know how I think about uh, how yeah. I feel about Jamar but, Chase. Like, I hope he's met your expectations so far. Like he has for me. I think he's been fantastic. He's awesome. He's so fun he, to watch. He's amazing. He's gonna be like I don't know. I foresee what I told Bo when we were talking is he, we were t- just talking about guys. We're like, who is Josh? Uh, he was Bo was saying Josh Gordon's like talent wise, not production wise or anything like that, folks. Just like the type of player, he's like a blend between Josh Gordon between Mike Evans and Godwin, which was kind of a cool like wow. suggestion by Bo's part. And then 
he was mentioning Jamar Chase. And I thought like Jamar Chase, prime OBJ, like Odell Beckham Jr. is more the type of receiver I see Jamar Chase as. So that was just like. he's Yeah, all of that is pretty lofty. And I don't think any of it is out of the realm at all. He's awesome, dude. I might uh, I might hop on that with you. Um, so my uh, best bet, I, I got the Chiefs at minus two and a half. Uh, I see that it is now finally um, ping-ponged up to three. So, I mean, not to be that guy, but I would much rather give it out at two and a half than three. But whatever. I guess we'll give it out at minus three right now. I'm also um, looking at the Chargers minus two. Um, I know that their home field advantage is absolutely nothing. But um, Baker's banged up. Uh, they even though they got out of the Minnesota with a game uh, with the win last week that was super sloppy. I th- I think the Chargers are really good. This is less than anti Browns and more just a pro Chargers pick. I think they're gonna win. I think they're gonna handle them. Um, good ge- good game. Like the Browns, you know, if they go in there and lose 28-24, that's not going to change my opinion um, at all uh, of Cleveland. But um, yeah, I like uh, I like the Chargers there. And then the last one, I'm going to take, I'm going to go back to the Daniel Jones well uh, at 28 and a half rushing yards. I'm going to take the over. Uh, I can see that game getting a little bit higher scoring. Um, Dallas has been putting up points. You can see Jones just having a scamper for a few. And uh, he's been right around that number. Actually, he's been over. He was, he missed his over. He missed that by a yard last week. He had 27 uh, against. Um, against new Orleans. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. So we'll take the chiefs, the chargers and uh, Daniel Jones. Awesome. Love it. What do you think of, I just, I, I'm, I, for some reason feeling like the jets are going to win outright in London with no Calvin Ridley versus the Falcons. So that's so funny you bring that up. Cause I've been really debating that game all week because no Calvin Ridley, all of us, like he's not going personal reasons. He's not making the trip. To me, I wanted to take the Falcons just as a straight up. There's no reason to, but of course, the next week, nothing stays the same in this league. So Atlanta wins the game like 27 10 or something like that. But now it's just a complete stay away from uh, a stay yeah. away from football wise. It's like, the Jets, I, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, could the Jets go and score three points? Yeah. Like, let's face yeah. it, they played well once, right? Like, let's not. Yeah. But, Atlanta isn't exactly doing anything to make you want to run to the window with them either. So I've been trying to kind of, from an X and O standpoint, determine what I would do from a, okay, like a narrative. And you know what? I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not going to bother because I've been back and forth the whole week. Alrighty. Well, that, there you have it. It is 10 PM. So we got to get out of here. There's another Bucks report show coming up. Please follow Bucks banter, subscribe on YouTube. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week, whether it's Monday night at seven, Friday night at nine or both. Uh, enjoy this Sunday folks. Hopefully the Bucks put on a dominating performance. Thank you for listening. Be well. Peace. Thanks guys.